God told me this movie will write itself Spread love, be wise and let foolery fight itself Cause it's a war going on outside On the corner, it's a war On your TV screen every morning Not the war with the bombs and the helicopters swarming But the war for your soul That's what everyone's ignoring It's a war going on Yeah, it's a war going on Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Pursuit of Truth podcast. My name is Will. I'm your host. Today's date is August 12th, 2021. This is going to be episode 81. It's going to be called Some Life, Some Bible, Some News. Okay, so I apologize if you heard the fan in the background, but I turned it down lower, so probably won't be able to hear it now. So I hope that you all had a wonderful Wednesday. Um, I, I, uh... Well, I'll say that I hope I hope that you're having an even better Thursday whenever you're listening to this. But I'm just going to say uh, I apologize um, about not putting anything up on Wednesday um, because I, I did tell you um, I've been telling you for a couple weeks now, a couple days now, before Wednesday, that I had an interview on Wednesday, and I'll just say that the interview I'm not going to say who it was with or what the job is, just like I don't tell you what my job is now. But I'll just say that it's with an agency. Okay, so. Um, I had the interview today, but let me just let me just um, let me just uh, tell you first. Okay, so with this agency, you know, there's a lot of driving involved with this agency. So, and, and even the job I do now. So, I had a ride along with this agency on Monday, um, this past Monday, and then I had an interview with this agency on Wednesday, and so the ride along for Monday was at 2 p.m. Right, 2 p.m. to 6 p.m. It was pretty fun. I liked it. And the interview was at 11 a.m. on Wednesday. So I'm telling you, when I tell you, I was like, so since the ride-alongs on Monday, on on because I took Friday, Saturday off, and I always have Sunday, Monday off. So I had Friday through Monday off. And I'm telling you, when it got to when I got to about Saturday, or so when I got to about Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. I would wake up at uh, freaking out. I would wake up. uh, One time I woke up on Monday at 1030 and I was freaking out because I thought that uh, I thought that it was the day for for the interview. And I thought that, you know, I was like, I'm going to miss the interview. It's 1030 in the morning. I can't get there in time. But that was actually the day for the ride along. And then I would go back to sleep and wake up. uh, I think on Sunday I uh, took a nap. I woke up, um, and uh, I think it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, oh, no, I missed the ride-along. My goose is cooked. I'm done. But, no, uh, I was just freaking out. Uh, but, yeah, the ride-along was actually really, really fun. Um, it's a job that's similar to the job I have now. It's just um, I, it, it's a cut above what I do now. And uh, when I went on the ride-along for about four hours, um it was actually really eye-opening to me, and I wanted to do the job even more. And I saw how similar it is to what I do now. And I'm not gonna tell you what I do now for my privacy and everything. But uh, the job is for uh, it's for an agency in a different city. Um, I'm not gonna tell you what city, of course. I won't tell you, but um, yeah, it's a city that has. You know, less than a hundred thousand people. That's all I can say. It's a city that has less than a hundred thousand people. I'm not going to tell you where it's at, but uh, the city has less than a hundred thousand people. And a city that's that size, because um, the city is actually still growing. It's not a hundred thousand people yet, but it's it's going to. I think it'll be a hundred thousand in a couple of years or so. Um, but a city that's that size is really more my tempo, because um, Sacramento has about five hundred thousand people in Sacramento County. Right. And that's a lot of people. Um, I know it's nothing compared to if you live in San Francisco or L.A. Um, but uh, I think there's probably about there's probably six or seven, seven hundred thousand people in Sacramento County. And in the greater Sacramento area altogether, there's probably one million people. OK, when you go out to Rockland and Roseville, Placerville, just, you know, just this general area. There's probably about a million people here. Uh, right. And that's too many. Cause these people can't drive. OK. And the traffic's bad. The construction's bad. Uh, yeah, so, and I always tell you, uh, when life gets hard, keep going like that Sacramento construction. But the ride along was really, really fun. The person I went with was really, really professional, and uh, he answered a lot, a lot of my questions. 
And uh, he gave me tips for the interview as well. He gave me information about the agency and things like that. It's the stuff that I used um, during the interview. And so when I talk about the interview now, I just want to tell you, okay, so Tuesday night, right? Tuesday night, I get home. I didn't. I guess I didn't really plan on. Um, I didn't plan on really uploading anything because I was getting ready for the interview and um, practicing and looking up all this information, saying okay, all this stuff. I was getting, so I was getting ready, getting all the stuff ready. You know, I get off at eleven o'clock at night, so it was probably about you know, I, I was up till about, about probably about two, almost two thirty, getting everything ready and just getting ready for everything and getting all of my information and all the stuff together, all my clothes together, everything that I needed to uh, go in to, for the interview. And guess what? So I got in the bed at 2.30 because I always I always uh, get in the bed at 2.30 every night. So 2.30 to 9.30 in the morning, that's when I sleep. So I sleep for about seven hours a day. And I could not sleep. <laughs> I could not sleep. And so I was like, man, forget this. So I just straight up started watching YouTube videos because I wasn't tired. I was just wide awake and a cut like, Days before, like last week, I wasn't really worried about the interview at all, but it started getting closer and closer and closer, and I'm telling you, I was shaking in my boots at one point. I was just so incredibly nervous um, because this is this is like pretty much the biggest interview uh, of my entire life because um, I actually had already applied for an, uh, a, a similar agency a, a while ago, about two two years ago when I was 23 years old. And that was pretty uh, daunting as well. Um, but I got through that interview. I did well in that interview. And it, even in this interview I had on Wednesday, I did. I think I did pretty well. I, did, I think I did pretty well. Uh, I think the people, they liked me. Um, I didn't do, I didn't destroy it, but I did pretty well. I think I did pretty well. Okay. Um, but yeah, when I when, when you go in there, because, okay, so for the agency I applied for two years ago, there's two people. Okay, it was a panel of, there's two people. Okay. And so... I did this interview on Wednesday for this current agency, and I went in there, and there's three people, and I expected three people. It was okay. It was okay, and all three of these people are supervisors. They're like high level supervisors. I'm not gonna say like their their uh, literal uh, titles, but I'll just say that they were high, kind of high level supervisors. Okay, they're they're out there, and uh, they 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 they're in the field too. They're high level supervisors, right? You know, and so. Um, one, that one is a lady and then there are two gentlemen, right? And, uh, the lady, she is, I'm telling you, she's hilarious. Okay. Her, her, her demeanor and everything and the way she tells jokes, she kind of has a similar sense of humor as me. And I, I find that I found that really, really hilarious. Uh, she has kind of dry humor too, which I find absolutely hysterical. And, um, so I, you know, I, you know, she was, you know, I'm familiar with her. I've seen her many times. I've talked to her and things like that. So she's cool and everything. And then, uh, so there's three people. And so I walk in and then she actually um, opens the door for me. I walk in with her and everything. I shake her hand and I walk to this, I walk over to the tables and I shake the hands of the two gentlemen that are uh, standing up. And so when I'm walking in there, after uh, the uh, the lady uh, brought me into the room, I'm she's like walking behind me. I'm walking towards uh walking towards my seat and uh i you know i look at i see the two gentlemen i shake their hands and everything and i look okay so the gentleman on the on my right is like you know him and the lady in the middle those two were like you know uh smiling and everything and laughing like when i went when i would say certain things because i would always make references to the job i have now and uh and they would laugh because they kind of you know i don't they never i don't think they've ever worked the job i have now but they work a, a higher level type of job that i work and i would say things and uh they would just they would laugh okay they would giggle and laugh and i was like yeah i got him i got him yeah but the guy on my left this guy was his middle name might have been stoic Okay, this is like the master of stoicism. All right, this guy he was stoned the entire time. I don't remember him laughing or smiling. I don't remember anything. Okay, and so I'm talking, and the two on my, you know, the two, the one in the middle and the one on the right, you know, I got him. I was like, yeah, yeah. But the guy on the left, I was like, man, I can't get this guy. I cannot get this guy. And um. It was, it was, it was, uh, one of the times they giggled was when, um, I said, um, I was somewhere in about five people, uh, I said, I said, five dudes came up on me out there 
And then I said, okay, so here's what I said. I said, five dudes, I was out there, and it's about 10 o'clock at night, and five dudes came up on me. Excuse me, I mean, five gentlemen came towards me, and they were kind of surrounding me. Uh, they were belligerent. And then when I said that, they were laughing about it. They, they were, the, the, the one in the middle and the one on the right, they were laughing because, you know, they, they understand. The guy on the left, he was just stoic, okay? He, I, I, I couldn't read him. I could not read the guy at all, so... But I guess that there has to be uh, at least one of them that were like that. But uh, I think I did well. Uh, I did well in the interview. You know, um, one thing that you can always tell um, is when you say something that you know about the agency or the the city that you work in, and they start writing. You know, they like that. They like that stuff, or they smile and things like that. So um, overall, I think I did well. Um, I was nervous during the interview. I'm not gonna sit here and act like I wasn't nervous. Uh, I was. My throat was like tightening up at one point. I was. I was pretty nervous. This is like the biggest interview of my life, really. And I feel really. I feel a lot better about this one than I did the one two years ago. Although, I will say it is God's decision. Um, you know, whatever, whatever, uh, whatever God decides is. Uh, if I get the job, it's because of God. If I don't, and then that means that God didn't want me there. And then I, the thing is that I know that God's gonna put me somewhere where he wants me to be and it'll be better than what i would have planned for myself and you have to remember that uh, the book of proverbs chapter 16 verse 9 says in their hearts humans plan their course but the lord establishes their steps and so that's pretty much uh my attitude here so you know i have i've plotted my own course um, and what i think i want to do and there are things i really want but uh god is the ultimate uh decision maker in where i go the thing is that i have total trust in god because of what god had brought me through before you know i had been landscaping for about and i was making like 12 dollars an hour and um it was not that's not very much money to be landscaping i know minimum wage is a lot higher than it is now and so in february of 2018 i actually applied for the job i have now and um yeah, so I applied, and I didn't get any emails back until October. So from February to October, I didn't get anything back. I was like, man, you know, I didn't get this, man. Forget it. Whatever. I'm going to go find a different job. Because at this point, I was working at the restaurant when I applied for the job I have now. And in May, I was like, man, I'm just going to – I tried to get – I just went and got a different job. And it was a landscaping job, and I had worked that from May – uh, all the way to January of 2019, and then I been I've been at the same job I am now since uh, January of 2019. So uh, it was just a blessing, and I saw the way that God uh, really put me into a different field, a very very different field, and I make more in half of a day here than I did in an entire day um, at the place that I used to work at. But that's not to say that I didn't learn anything because you know I learned hard work from uh, doing landscaping and things like that because you know out there y you can't be a baby okay because those guys are they're gonna make fun of you and you know a lot of them speak spanish you know i'm not a spanish speaker and so you know they'll talk about you in spanish and uh you better work you better work well one of the things that they taught me is you do a good job or you didn't do it at all and that is a great motto to have in all of your endeavors in life and uh, you know i learned how to uh those guys really showed me how to work okay i know how to work when i'm out there I'll, i can i can put it down i can work okay and then i, I, I kind of got good at spanish too it's kind of cool i didn't well i didn't get that good at spanish but my, my spanish was really really enhanced uh, and one thing you notice is that when you're in high school or middle school and then you uh, actually speak to actual spanish speakers uh -uh. <laughs> no no it doesn't work it doesn't work at all there is the the average Spanish speaker in America, or I'll say in California, they have so much slang, you know, um, they have so much slang in their dialect that uh, this, the stuff that you learned in the 11th grade, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to cut it. Maybe the basics, but uh, you'll, you'll, you'll learn like real, real Spanish if you actually um, hang out with a lot of Spanish speakers who are speaking Spanish because... There were only about four or five of us in the entire uh, company that did not even speak Spanish. So there's probably about 40 or 50 dudes there. And, you know, out of 40 dudes, uh, 34 or 35 of them spoke Spanish. Okay? They were in, yeah, a lot of them can speak English too, but Spanish was their, their, um, 
their native dialect and that's the thing that they learn how to speak uh initially that's what they learn from because a lot of them are from mexico from nicaragua and uh from cuba and places like that and um they would that's what that's what they spoke and that's what they spoke most of the time and so uh, i would be on my google translate on my phone you know getting stuff together and they, they would speak to me a little bit in spanish and i got to a point where i was i started telling jokes in spanish and they were actually laughing they actually actually thought they were funny maybe it's, maybe it's because my maybe the joke was bad or um maybe my accent was pretty bad you know because when you speak a different language you pretty much have an accent maybe my accent was bad they were laughing at that but i told a couple jokes in spanish i would tell them uh i'd tell different ones and the guys would laugh so that was really really encouraging but what got me through that job was uh talking to god every single day um i really literally felt as if jesus was like walking next to me every day when i was doing my job because you know it's landscaping so a lot of times you're mowing that lawn it's like paid cardio okay you just walking back and forth and back and forth and you're mowing that lawn and i was just praying like uh, lord help me do a good job help me do a good job you know because your supervisor's out there and everything and he my, my supervisor felipe he would tell you if you did not do a good job okay he would tell you uh he'd be speaking in spanish and he'd be angry you could tell and so, yeah, with that job, I really learned how to work hard. And with the job I have now, I really learned how to interact with the public. And I really, I because I used to be the type of person, if I, if I didn't know you, I had nothing to say to you. And I, at one point, I used to hate people, <laughs> especially because, and I think it was because of high school. Uh, I really hated people. And um, I, it, it was a lesson in college. I didn't really hate people as much in college, although people were just really, really ridiculous. Because you're 18, and then you're, you know, out in the dorms and things like that. So, you know, 18-year-olds are going to be 18-year-olds. Oh, gosh, 18-year-olds are stupid. Um, but uh, I really didn't like people, <laughs> okay? But uh, it wasn't until... Well, yeah, okay, I didn't like people, and me being able to landscape, I was really away from people. You didn't have to talk to people that much. You, no one really talked to you. Um, you didn't really matter. People just drive by you on the side of the road, and sometimes they wave at you, but you just keep on going. You're just that guy mowing the grass, or you're that guy pruning the lawn, or you know, pruning or doing maintenance. All that. That, that, that's all you really were. And so then I got thrust into a job where I mean, you're the center of attention a lot of times, and people are um, talking to you. And sometimes people, uh, you go around the corner to write some paperwork in your car, and sometimes people will see you and come out of their house just to come and meet you and. And a lot of times you're sometimes people just want somebody to talk to. You're just a stranger. You're the you're the city worker, the city employee, the public uh, servant that someone's coming around. And they just want to talk. OK, because I have there's a lot of stories. Uh, people just come outside and uh, just talk to me. And a lot of times people just want to vent because you're just a stranger's not going to judge you. A stranger doesn't really know you. So there's going to uh, you're just going to come out there and they're just going to vent to you and things like that. I know many stories, you know, and. Um, I really enjoy getting uh, familiar with a neighborhood of people and residents and things like that. And so um, I met one of my coworker, Dennis, and Dennis really changed my life. Uh, I saw because we had to work in old. Sometimes we had to work in old sack. Okay, so Friday, Saturday, Friday and Saturday nights, my supervisor was putting me in old sack. You know, I was the new guy, and she was putting me in old sack on Friday, Saturday nights, and. and <laughs> I hated people. So, um, and it was a just, if you've been to Old Sacramento at Friday and Saturday nights, you know it's just, it's a bombastic mess, okay? It really is. It, uh, and so, you know, there's people all over the place. And my coworker, Dennis, me and him would hang out at work, and he would just be telling me about how, because he wasn't there when I first got there, because I guess he had, uh, I guess he had, uh, he, he, he was on leave for a little bit, because I guess he got injured on the job. And so he comes back, and I meet him and everything, and uh, you know, and he tells me about his love for people, and he loves Old Sacramento. He he loves it. He likes to work there almost every day. You know, they put him there almost every day, and he loves it. And I was just thinking to myself, like, why? In, how in the world do you like Old Sacramento? It's 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 a mess. It, it's it's an amalgamation of stupidity and bad driving. It really is. Um, and he would just tell me how he just, oh, he's like, oh, all the beautiful people. I get to say hi to them and everything and get to talk to them and see where they're from and meet them. And I didn't understand that at first. Okay, I didn't understand that at first. And I remember one time me and Dennis were sitting in Starbucks. And um, there was there was a girl that was in there. 
And I guess she had like a couple suitcases and things like that. And me and Dennis were just talking and everything. And then uh, Dennis like looks over. And he's like, "Oh yeah, she's cute." I was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, she's 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 cute." And so I, you know, we're in Starbucks. And, you know, I'm drinking coffee and things like that. So um, I was like, "Okay, I gotta go to the bathroom." So I go get up and go to the bathroom. And I come out, and he's talking to her. They're chopping it up, okay? Dennis, and I was like, I was thinking, and then, you know, I joined the conversation. We talk and everything. I guess, I guess she was trying to get to Grass Valley, and her friends had uh, left her high and dry and hanging and things like that. It was unfortunate. It, it was We were at the Amtrak, the Starbucks next to the Amtrak station in downtown Sacramento at 4th and I. And I don't hang out there anymore, so uh, feel free to go in there. I don't hang out there anymore. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we were there, and, uh, you know, and... Um, I was thinking to myself, I was, and then after we got done talking, I guess we like walked out to go back to our cars, and I was like, dude, like, I come out of the bathroom, and then here you are, you know, just talking to her and everything, and then I forgot what he told me, but he really, he, what he really told me was like, he told me, you have to become a student of people, and I didn't get it at first, but then I would hang out with him more and more and more, and that rubbed off on me, I really, really love people, I, I, the best part about, I can say now, the best part about life is other people. Other people are great. I do like to talk to other people. I just like to talk in general. As you, you know, you're listening to my podcast, you know I like to talk. And uh, that really rubbed off on me, and that changed my life. Because that opened up so many doors and opportunities for me. Um, because you never know who you're speaking to. You never know who you're going to meet out there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just... And I actually gave him a car because <laughs> uh, I mean, because I've told you the story before. My little car was uh, I had a had a 2000 Honda Civic it was a two door. And a lot of people like those cars. I love that car. It was my first car. And I told you I, uh, this 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 young girl, she's 19. She made an illegal U-turn and she ended up totaling my car. And um, so I pretty much uh, she admitted fault, went through insurance. And so I got paid out uh, a good a good amount of money. I'm not going to say how much, but I got paid out a good amount of money. I was happy with it. I was like, thank God. And I was actually going to sell my coworker, Dennis, this car for a lot less than I got paid out for. it. You know, so that just shows you how, you know, God is good. And so the car is kind of totaled and everything. It's kind of messed up and everything. So it's just sitting out there in front of the driver. I told Dennis, I was like, hey, man. Uh, he actually said, oh, can I? Because I told him I was going to get paid out for it. So I was like, hey, man, here you go. I just let him have the car. And he was really, really thankful for it. And I was like, no, man, thank you. And he, I think he put about, he probably had to put about, uh, probably about six, seven hundred bucks into it. Uh, just get it, you know to get it fixed and then to get tires and he's done all types of stuff for it and he's fixed it up for his daughter because his he has a 15 year old daughter and um he's gonna give her the car and everything like that and i went ahead and got a new car and um yeah uh, i you know and i was actually gonna say like uh on, on my way home from work they actually closed the ramps uh, on highway five south i was like man on my on my off ramp and then i was tired from work today and I was really tired because there's just a lot of, there's just a lot, for some reason, work was really quiet, but there was just a lot to do. When I was going out there, I was like, okay, I'll go check this area. And it's like, okay, wow, here you go. Um, but there was just a lot to do at work. So I was just driving around a lot. I probably drove about 70, 80 miles today at work. And I was just tired. I didn't really talk to that many people at all. It was one of those days where you don't, you know, cause some days on my job, uh, you talk to everybody and their great grandmother. And then other days you're just going around, driving around a lot. You're doing a lot of stuff, but you're just barely talking to anyone at all. It was one of those days where I barely talked to anyone at all. I probably talked to about two or three citizens the entire day today. And that's okay. I'm okay. Well, you know, I'm okay. I can work a job where I'm alone a lot and I can work a job where I'm around a lot of people a lot. So it's, uh, it's either or for me. Uh, it doesn't really matter cause I can go, I can go both ways there. And so, yeah, work was really, really tiring today. Uh, and yeah, when I was driving home today, uh, people were just trying to race me. It was annoying. Uh, because if you've seen my car, I'm not going to say what kind of car I have, but if you've seen my car, um, yeah, it's a good looking car. Um, I'm blessed to have it. I'm thankful for it. Um, it's pretty nice, you know, especially for someone that's 25. It's, it's pretty great actually. Um, but people always try to race me. It was crazy. I got this Nissan tried to race me. Uh, there is a Charger. There's a Beamer. There's a Mustang. It's like, okay, look, okay. I, I, it's a nice car. It looks nice, especially the rims. But I'm not going to beat a Mustang or a Charger, okay? It's like, just just leave me alone. Like, <laughs> there was a Beamer that pulled up. I was, you know, because I like to, I do like, I do like to drive fast, okay? I'm not going to sit here and act like I 
you know, I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm perfect, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be straight up with you. I like to drive fast, right? And so I kind of like zoomed. Like I kind of like I was in the turn lane and this Beamer's in the turn lane as well. And we took off the light turn, uh, light turn green. We turned and everything. And I was kind of, we were kind of like, I caught three green lights in a row. So I was kind of going, going. And I kind of started to zoom around. And then one of the lights turned red. And this Beamer comes in, zooms from behind me, gets right next to me on the left. And I look at him and he looks at me. And he starts revving his engine. And I, and I put on my blinker, turn my wheel to the right, and then the light turns green, and then I <laughs> I go right. I was like, okay. Because I was just trying to get to the gas station, okay? I'm just trying to get to the gas station. My gas light was on. They leave me alone. Stop trying to race me. I drive for fun, okay? It's fun. I When I drive, I like to have fun. That's why I think that if you drive, to make driving better, you should get a car that you really like to drive because you'll driving will be funner for you and it won't be such a chore because you know if you live in california these drivers are awful drivers when it rains people in california are just like why is there water in the sky it should be on the ground this is not right help me god please this is terrible it's it's raining on the freeway so i have to go 35 miles an hour on the freeway oh my goodness but here's my thing about that so if 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 I'm if I'm getting this correctly, the pavement on the street and the pavement on the road, well, the pavement on the street, like the streets, like your average streets, and the pavement on the freeway. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think that they're the same material, right? And so, how come we go forty miles on the forty miles an hour on the street when it's raining, and then on the freeway we go forty miles an hour? Why do people do that? It's the freeway. I mean, in the rain, I think that 65 is reasonable in the rain. Okay, unless it's like super like slick and everything. But if it's like your average rainy day in California, I think 65, even 70, is 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 appropriate. And I think it's reasonable, okay? Because, you know, okay, I'll be honest. I'm usually driving about, I'm usually driving over, over 75, between 75 and 80, I usually put my cruise control on at 80 and like to go at 80, because it's kind of nice, you know, the car's smooth, and so I think it's reasonable, when it's raining hard, 60, 65 is reasonable, in my opinion, but some people don't get it, and then you have some people who go 40 miles an hour on the on-ramp of a freeway, raining or not, they go 40 miles an hour on the on-ramp, like if you know Highway 99, the on-ramp of Mack Road, People like to go 40 miles an hour on the on-ramp. Like, this isn't right. There is a special place in hell for people who do that, okay? (laughs) Okay? It's just terrible. (laughs) That means go 60 miles an hour on the on-ramp and turn right on red lights. Do it. And then, oh, here's another thing people don't know. You can turn left on a one-way street. You can do that. If it's a one-way street going to the left... You can turn left. You can do that, okay? I just, you know, I know some people don't know that. Even if it's a red light, you can still turn left on a one-way street. My mom actually taught me that. My mom's a great driver. And so, all in all, I'm just uh, hoping that I uh, get this job. And pretty much, I'm pretty much obsessed with getting this job. Uh, I'm doing whatever it takes to get it and everything. And, um... I'm just hoping that uh, one of the, another one of the reasons I'm hoping to get it is because you know just to um, an impact, making an impact on people's lives and things like that, and and it's just a a, um, a higher level that takes um, more uh, from me, more more discipline, more um, critical thinking, more decision making, and things like that, more impact on people's lives, more impactful decisions, more resources in order in order to impact people's lives. And another reason why I want to get this job is because um, this job pays well enough so that uh, I'll be able to raise a family one day. So that, that'll be really, really great. Um, I'm not going to say how much it pays if I get the job. Um, but it, it pays well enough that, if especially if I do overtime, I'll be able to um, really, really raise a family comfortably. And that's been one of the biggest things um, of my life that I've always wanted to do. Um, because, you know, my parents, um, have been married for 41 years now. Yes. 41 years. Cause they got married in 1980. That's a lot. That's a long time to know somebody, you know? Um, and I'm 25 now. I'm not married or anything. Um, but I know times change and things like that. Uh, but I want to be able to take care of a family because this is, you know, like I say before, you know, like the Bible says, Proverbs says that, you know, 
a man, uh, the humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. And I'm open to anything that God has for me. It's just that in my personal plan, uh, because the way everything works in today's society, generally men don't get married. Like in my generation, men don't really get married to like, they're like 30. Okay. Because if you look at it, um, so let's take, for instance, Instagram and Twitter and social media and Tinder and all these dating sites and all these social media sites, right? So let's take just maybe Instagram or Tinder, for example, right? So I'm 25, okay? I'm 25 and the average 25-year-old makes $20 an hour, right? And men get into their financial stride when they're about 45 to 55 years old. Right. So usually for on average, a man makes the most money in his life in a career when he's 45 to 55 years old. And so I'm 25 and there is a certain amount of money the average 25 year old makes. And so the thing is that when you look at men and women, men, okay, because some people don't like to some people aren't going to like this, but I'm just going to say it anyway, because I like to be candid and truthful. Uh, Men and women are different and men on average, are have been the breadwinners, right? And so if you take something like Instagram or Tinder or Twitter or things like that, okay, so I'm 25. And so say you have a a, a, a lady who's my age, 25, 24, 25, 26, so okay. Um, I'm 25 and, you know, I I work, I work a full-time job and everything, but I there's room for me to grow. There's potential there, you know, obviously I'm going to make more in the future. But why would she look at a guy like, I mean, okay, obviously, because <laughs> I'm going to, okay, okay, obviously God determines everything, but, but, but on average, okay, so why would a woman who's my age look at somebody like me when there are guys because of, you know, Instagram and social media and things like that? There are guys who are, you know, she may be 25 or 26, there are guys who are 30, 31, 32, 33, 35, 36, 37, who have, you know, houses, careers cars all these things right and so and the things that women look for in relationships women look for the the they look at the resources that a that a man has and that's the that's the, that's the honest truth there and that's why when you know sometimes when you have a guy in a nice car okay if a guy pulls up in a ferrari and then a guy pulls up in a prius the the women are looking at the guy in the ferrari okay i am not lying to you that's the truth okay and so women look at, you know, what kind of job the guy has because they look at because uh, women have children and then they look for the uh, the security. OK, a man that has the resources and security and he can provide the security to take care of a family, you know, to raise children and things like that. And on average, in today's society, those men are over 30. OK, so usually when you have that's why usually younger women look at older dudes. Okay, that's that's pretty much just what it is. And I want to say shout out to Grace here. Uh, Grace actually texted me about this, uh, and I'll say I'll say it again. There is nothing wrong with being a career woman. There's nothing wrong. That's actually a good thing. Okay, that's actually a good thing. If you want to be a career woman, nothing wrong with it. I'm not condemning it. Great thing. Okay, if that's what you want to do, that's good for you. But a lot of times, um, you know, I've talked to women, I've gone on dates and things like that, and then I see things and my friends talk to me about it, my guy friends and my female friends talk to me about it. And one thing I see from a lot of women is that they'll say, okay, I make $85,000 a year, I have my own job, my own house, my own this and that. And the thing is that I, I told you before on the podcast that men don't really care. Okay, if, 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 if for... I'm sure all the guys can attest to this. If a if a woman comes up to you and you talk to a woman, she says, "I make eighty thousand dollars a year. I make I make one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year." Men don't find that attractive. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not it's not unattractive, but men don't hear men don't hear a woman say, "I make one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year," and go, "Ooh, yeah, I gotta have that." Men don't do that. Okay, it's just it's just facts. Okay, but if a guy tells women that he makes that much six-figure guy boom baby i mean it just it's just how it is okay it's just the thing is that when a for, a, for as, as a guy and I'm, and all the other guys i'm sure men can attest to this because i'm speaking facts as as a, as a guy if a woman comes up and tells me tells me she makes six figures that's a ma- that's it's because 
men are typically and traditionally the uh, breadwinners and the providers for their family. A woman telling me that she has a Lamborghini and $125,000 a year, those are masculine traits. Okay, I mean, maybe you may not like to hear it, but that's that's a masculine trait, okay? Being, and there's nothing wrong with having all that stuff. It's just that as uh, ladies, you can't expect that to attract a man, okay? You telling a man that you make X amount of dollars a year, that's not, he doesn't care about it, okay? That's, your salary doesn't attract him. He doesn't find your salary, whether you make $10 a year or $10 million a year, okay? He doesn't find it attractive. Unless he's a male gold digger, okay? Unless he's a male gold digger. That's just what it is. And women are not, not all, not all, not all. Women are not generally attracted to men who make less than them. So say you have a woman who makes $95,000 a year. Then you have a guy who makes $42,000 a year. Uh-uh. Okay, I'm sorry, dog. But uh, he's not, no, he's, he's, there's no way. There's no way, okay? Um, yeah. But if it was the other way around, then she's like, you know, because women, because this is just, this is just how it is. Women date up in terms of, you know, financials and things like that, because traditionally the man is the leader. Okay. So that's why you have, that's why a lot of women are attracted to rich and powerful men. Like think about, I don't know, think about uh, your favorite, your favorite musician or your favorite athlete. Okay. He's he or she is, or, or he's usually usually gentlemen. Um, just think about, I don't know, look at Michael Jackson in 1984. Dude is rich and famous, okay? And, you know, and women like that. He's powerful. He has a lot of money. Money is a resource. Uh, money is just a tool. He has a lot of tools, you know? That's just what it is. I mean, some people may not like what I'm saying, but, you know, there's, I, I, there's nothing wrong with it, you know, and, and some people may ask me, okay, what is, what is a young guy going to do? Like, what is a young guy who's 25 or 20, 18 or 20? What are you going to do? So what we have to do is work, work your, work, work your tail off. And, um, it's not the things that you're not working your tail off to get women. You're working your tail off to be successful. Okay. You're work you're working your tail off because as a man, you're main, as a man, your main, your main focus should be serving God. But besides that, your main focus should be your purpose in life. Okay. And how can you turn that into resources and things like that? That's why, uh, as a, as a man, you have to like work like a dog. Okay. Till you're like 30 something and keep working like a dog. Okay. Because women are generally attracted to men who are on a purpose and on a mission. Boom. That's why you always like see, maybe you see cartoons and things like that. And uh, the main character's on a mission and he gets the damsel in distress and things like that because he's on a mission to do something and she, women like men who are on a mission. But it's kind of sad because it's kind of like our, the gender roles in society have kind of like flipped, you know, it's kind of, it's crazy. It's crazy, you know, because, um, you know, women are, you know, getting, you know, doing the career woman things like that and uh, it's not a bad thing. But then men have, men are just like not working and just playing video games all day and things like that it's kind of it's kind of unfortunate because most people most people in college today are women not that it, you know that's not a good or a bad thing it's just that men are not taking the time to go out and get their education you know obviously you know it doesn't matter who's more in school or things like that but men men need to step up and be leaders and that's one of the things in our society is that that's why you have a lot of uh, fatherless children uh you know but most of the father's children in america are black unfortunately um but being fatherless is unfortunate and what are the things that you have uh, society has told men that you can just neglect your responsibilities as a man and then go off and just um have 2500 uh, baby mamas and have six kids by every baby mama and uh be a delinquent uh father and just be a be a be a no show you know and so because society has allowed men to do that women have picked up the slack okay that's pretty much what's gone on you know the the dad is delinquent and he's just not even in the child's life so what does the mother do she'll work two jobs you know she'll work two jobs and then she's raising the kid when traditionally it's the man working a job or two jobs and coming home to his family okay all right, so enough of that. I think I've rambled about that enough. I'm just going to quickly go through and tell you uh, some stuff about the, the news and things that are going on. Okay, so I know a lot of people 
a lot of people are still like a lot of people in the news and the media are still stuck on the infrastructure bill okay i talked about it already i told you what they were putting it towards it's pathetic it's ridiculous um they're squandering our tax dollars once again but uh here's here's uh i'm gonna give you a couple of things that uh infl or inflation is running high on okay so car rentals are 73 percent up uh, gas is up 41%. The price of used cars is up about 41%. Hotels are up 24%. Uh, airfare is up about 20%. Washing machines are about 18% up. Dresses are about 19 to 20% up. I don't wear dresses, but hey. Um, pork roast is about 13.7% more. Uh, moving out or moving to a different place is about 13% more expensive. Bacon is 11% more expensive, expensive. Not the bacon, man. Come on, not the bacon. Uh, steaks are about 10% more expensive. TVs are about 10 more percent expensive. Sports equipment is up 7%. New cars are up 6%. And rent is up about 2%. And so pretty much in a, in a uh, nut. In a nutshell, this uh, infrastructure deal that they signed is $1.2 trillion. Um, 19 Repo Republican senators voted for it. Uh, it, it. It's pretty much the Green New Deal. Uh, you know, it's things like $16.2 billion are going to renewable and energy efficient projects. And $7.5 billion is going to electric vehicle chargers. I actually read in an email today or yesterday about the city of Sacramento. I think they're trying to get about... 10,000 chargers in the city of Sacramento by 2025, something like that. I don't know if it's 10,000 or 40,000, it's something like that, or maybe 4,000. I don't know, something like that. You know, the thing is, it, it, it takes like 30 minutes, 30 to 45 minutes to an hour to charge some of these cars, you know, and it's not like charging your phone. And you know, a lot of these people are just going to be, you know, racing each other just to get to these chargers. And you know, these people already can't drive, so why? Okay, look, these okay, electric cars are quicker. They're faster than gas power cars because, you know, the instant torque and things like that. So why are you going to give these bad drivers electric cars? You know, I told you I actually drove a Tesla and it was like a spaceship. The thing was ridiculously fast. And some more with this infrastructure bill. It says $65 billion are going to broadband and over $14 billion goes to a uh, permanent federal welfare program to pay individuals internet bills. So pretty much uh, more reliance upon the federal government. Also, $250 million to remove what they call invasive plant species and $10 million uh, to benefit pollinators on roadsides. Does it sound unbelievable and preposterous? Well, that's because it is. So the uh, University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School found that the infrastructure bill would add $351 billion to the deficit it wouldn't significantly significantly help economic growth until 2050. Wow. That's 2021. What's that, 29 years from now? It's a long time from now. Get this one. It says it includes $2.75 billion for a, quote, digital equity program uh, because achieving digital equity is a matter of social and economic justice. You know, it's kind of like they put the word racism in front of everything. They, that's economic racism. That's social ra just economic racism. It's like, folks, do these people hear themselves? Now, part of the bill actually uh, prohibits discrimination against actual or perceived gender identity. Now, if I go out and say that I'm a squid, because you know, you folks know I identify as a squid, my proton my pronouns are they and everybody does that suddenly make me a squid now okay actually you know scratch that okay yes i am a squid now my proteins uh, not my proteins but my pronouns are they and everybody so if i jump into the water and i stay submerged in the water like a squid right and i don't come up for oxygen because you know squids you know they can breathe underwater and i drown and die would that mean that the water is transphobic because the water didn't allow me to, uh, it, the water invaded my lungs and didn't, because I identify as a squid and the water didn't let me identify as a squid. Does that mean that the water is transphobic? Should we ban water now? And the bill could also, uh, actually it does, doesn't, it actually uh, creates a pilot program that could lead to the government tracking and taxing every mile you drive, like the VMT, the vehicular miles tax. And leave it up to Donald Trump to make his uh, comment about that. He calls it a $3.5 trillion communist plan to destroy America. He says, this legislation is an assault on our nation, on our communities, and on the American dream. So I had some 
people asking me where they can find President Trump's statements. You can actually find them on Gab, uh, G-A-B, the app Gab. And you can find them on Telegram, the social media app Telegram. And also there is a crypto wallet called DeFi. And so there are hackers who actually stole $600 million in in a record-breaking DeFi hack. And they stole $600 million. It's a crypto wallet they, that they stole $600 million from. And so uh, the enemy is pretty much uh, using this to show people, oh, it's it's not secure after all. And also when we get to cryptocurrency, uh, I actually heard from the grapevine that Bitcoin would be going up for the next three months in a row. So uh, there's that. I mean, I have seen it go up. It's, last time I looked, it was about almost, it was almost 47000 last time I looked. Remember, leave your emotions out of it and uh, buy the dip, although I don't think it's going to dip for a little bit now. If you want to hear somebody who's like pretty much an expert about Bitcoin talk, uh, there's a gentleman called Bitcoin Ben. Now, I, I'm, and he's the reason that on some, on some social media I call myself Bitcoin Will, but Bitcoin Ben is the guy who really knows uh, what he's talking about when it comes to cryptocurrency. I watch, I watch a good amount of Bitcoin Ben and listen to his podcast too. And so the hackers that hacked DeFi, um, they started returning the stolen coins after contacting the Poly Network early on Wednesday morning to say that they were actually ready to return said money. And so they've uh, pretty much returned five million of the six hundred million they stole. And Poly Network actually gave them um, separate wallet addresses for the hackers to return the stolen uh, cryptocurrency coins. And this actually wouldn't be the first time a hacker returned stolen coins. Because remember the. Uh, the Russian, the Russian hacker group Revil, uh hacked, did a hack, and then they started returning the money, or rather, the FBI uh, got the money returned. And so, uh, moving on, we know Andrew Cuomo resigned. Good night, goodbye. He's done. His goose is cooked, which is uh, nice. I think Gavin Newsom is next, but pretty much uh, Andrew Cuomo is not going to be welcomed to the ha- the Hamptons, which is the you know the uh, high-level hotels and things like that that all the rich people go to. Uh, there's a social social scene there with clubs and things like that. Cuomo's not going to be welcome there. And uh, an insider calls him a persona non grata everywhere. And uh, actually, Chris Cuomo, who is his brother who works for CNN, uh, actually joked about his brother making his way to the Hamptons uh, boat arena hours after the resignation. And uh, Chris Cuomo was actually not happy about people confronting him about his brother's resignation. All right, so WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange, you know that he was actually, um, you know, arrested for leaking classified data, and we know that uh, the reason that you know pretty much he was arrested because pretty much he uh, pretty much leaked the data about Hillary Clinton's emails and about Hillary Clinton's uh, Russian reset, and uh, so London, um, London, uh, pretty much deny the extradition of Julian Assange to the United States to face espionage charges. And he's actually being held at the uh, Royal Courts of Justice in London. It's kind of interesting how you had kind of had uh, Christopher Steele, which was a uh, an MI6 agent of Britain, London, Britain, that uh, brought up the propaganda and things against Donald Trump. And uh, now London doesn't want to let Julian Assange come to the United States uh, in an extradition Personally, I think that Julian Assange and Edward Snowden should both be pardoned, but uh, that probably won't ever happen. And so, uh, Julian Assange is going to face up to 175 years in prison if he's extradited and convicted of the 18 charges of revealing classified military documents. So, the next hearing for Julian Assange is October 27th and 28th. All right, so moving on, we know that this climate change stuff is a farce because the climate does change every day. I think it was 104 today in Sacramento. It's about 65 degrees right now. That proves the existence of climate change, obviously. But it just doesn't exist in the form that the mainstream media presents it. Because if you remember, in, 1970, in 1972, Maurice Strong, who was the first UN Environment Program Director, he warned that the United uh, that the world, not the United States, that the world had just 10 years to invo- to avoid a uh, in, an environment catastrophe. Now, in 1982, uh, Tolba, who was the head of the UN uh, Environment Program. He said in the New York Times that if the nations of the world continue their current policies, we will face by the year 2000 an environment, an environmental catastrophe irreversible. 
as any nuclear holocaust. Isn't it ridiculous? Where is it at now? In 1989, the senior UN environmental official tells the Associated Press, and it's published around the world, that we have to fix climate change by 1999 or climate change goes beyond human control. It talks about a global disaster, excuse me, global disaster, nations facing crop failures. In 1990, Tolba told the uh, told the world that they have to fix global warming before 1995. Otherwise, we uh, we lose the climate struggle. And in 2019, uh, the United the United Nations uh, met to tell us that we have just 11 years to fix uh, climate change. All right, so moving on, this bureaucrat, evil bureaucrat, uh, uh, Dr. Fauci says that uh, pretty much he's saying that it's time to eliminate individual freedom in the United States, and uh, he wants to force vaccinations. Go ahead and take a listen. Yeah, I'm going to upset some people on this, but I think we should. I mean, we are in a critical situation now. We've had 615,000 plus deaths, and we are in a major surge now as we're going into the fall, into the school season. This is very serious business. You would wish that people would see why it's so important to get vaccinated. But you're not going to get mandates centrally from the federal government. But when you're talking about local mandates, mandates for schools, for teachers, for universities, for colleges, I'm sorry. I, I mean, I know people must like to have their individual freedom and not be told to do something. But I think we're in such a serious situation now that under certain circumstances, mandates should be done. Your rights belong to us. We own you. Do what we say. We're going to have parties with Barack Obama without even wearing a mask. Where we're going to force you to wear a mask. Just do as you're told. Now, Southwest Airlines, American Airlines, and Delta Airlines are not going to require employees to get vaccinated. And uh, United Airlines actually did mandate that uh, workers get vaccinated by October 25th or face getting fired. Wow. I guess uh, they'll be in for a couple lawsuits. And so, uh, Governor Ron DeSantis uh, did, uh, you know, he got rid of the mask mandates in schools. And so, Broward County, that school board, uh, voted to keep the mask mandate. And pretty much DeSantis is responding by saying that he's going to withhold the salaries of superintendents and school, school board mem members in a statement to CBS Miami. And I say, good for him. Good going. Uh, he's tough. And I like it. So... Biden is actually, you know, jumping on this, uh, jumping on the bandwagon as well. So Biden is actually uh, checking to see if he has power to overrule governors and order universal masking in schools. And uh, I tell him good luck because you don't have the authority to do so. That would be a violation of the Constitution and the concept of federalism. And uh, I guess somebody's going to be in court if he tries. Obviously, the Solicitor General of the United States of America is going to have <laughs> a, a, a big problem on his hands if Biden go ahead, goes ahead and tries to uh, overrule the states. And if you're, wondering, if you're wondering, the current Solicitor General of the United States under Joe Biden is Elizabeth Prelegar. And uh, I, I just looked that up and I see her picture on Google. It's kind of creepy. She's not a bad looking lady, but kind of creepy. But hey, that's all I have for you folks. Thanks for listening to our last segment of the week. I love you. I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful to be alive. I'm thankful that God sent his son. Be well. Be safe. I'll see you next week on Tuesday.